When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good football Friday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you getting up early and streaming at us with us here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, and it's nice to see Johnny Mac's smiling face in front of his ocean backdrop. Nice to have him back. How was your Thanksgiving, Mr. McMullen? Uh, it was uh, it was good. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, back to work. Uh, you never get away from work in the NFL season, though, around Thanksgiving. So. Yeah, that is always true. Uh, But uh, Johnny had some traveling issues getting back. So we're glad to get him back into the fall here on Birds 365. Where'd you get the letter? Where'd you get canceled? Uh, Going back, uh, coming back, Washington, D.C. I was uh, I was set to stop in D.C. and come back to Philly from there. Um, A certain airline uh, that shall not be mentioned uh, cancels flights whenever they want to. and they decided to uh, cancel flights. There used to be a TV show on FX called The Americans. It was really good. Did you ever see that? No, I never did. It's very close to the airline I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I'm <laughs> not an Americans fan. Uh, were you even? I, I'm just saying you can guess by the title of the show what airline I'm Understood. talking about. Understood. Um, 
did you even consider uh, doing a get the hell out of here? I'm renting a car and going back to Philly thing, go right up 90. Well, I was in Kansas City. I couldn't get to D.C. If I got to D.C., oh, you I would have. to D.C. I thought you no. got to D.C. and no, they, no, they no. canceled it from there. No, 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 no. Kansas City to D.C. they canceled. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't about to rent a car and drive back from, from Kansas City. No, I thought you made it to D.C. I thought you got to D.C. and you go, yeah, that's it. You're done. No, no oh, yeah, that, I definitely would have done that. But uh, that was not an option. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're good. We're, we're, we're very good to have you back. Appreciate the fact that you did the whole trying to travel through holidays thing. That just sucked. I'm sorry. I get in my <laughs> car and I drive to my mother-in-law's house a mile and a tenth away from my house. That's the way yours truly handles Thanksgiving. Uh, had a good meal. Hopefully you did too. Hopefully all of you Birds fans out there in uh, Birds 365 land had a good one as well. But it is time to get back to work. The NFL, like you correctly stated, John, never stops. They take a short break. They take a timeout. But they are in the midst of a season where the Philadelphia Eagles are 9-1. and one. Um, they are, in my opinion, the best team in the National Football League. Doesn't mean they're guaranteed a parade, but as we sit here today, Thanksgiving week, both the 9-1 record say they're the best team in football. The eye test for me says they're the best team in football. Um, coming off their win against the Chiefs, uh, we had a chance to talk about it a little bit. Johnny missed uh, one show, so Bill Calaverlo and I got a chance to talk about it. What was your biggest takeaway from the Chiefs win? We might be going over ground we've already gone over, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, there there were a lot of things that you could look at that game and go, uh-oh, man, that's an issue. Man, that needs to be fixed. Man, I got to clean that up. There are a couple of things where you go, yeah, that's why they're the best team in the National Football League at 9-1. and one. What was your biggest takeaway from the win over the Chiefs in KC? Uh, perseverance. That's what this team does, man. Uh, you know, they just need a small opening. And they always seem to take it. And I think yeah, I, I mentioned it on the post game show. Mentioned it with, with you the next day. Um, Andy Reid punting the football. Um, uh, I believe it was fourth and four from the thirty nine. That was it. That was the door they left ajar, and they slammed, they just kicked it in. And it was not a good offensive game by any stretch of the imagination overall, but. That to me is the the brilliance of, of Jalen Hurts as a player. Um, you know, he didn't have his his great stuff to use the my my baseball analogies, but he's like that pitcher, doesn't need his great stuff. He grinds, he grinds, he grinds, and he finds a way to get through it. Um, he's relentless, and that is so hard to deal with. Typically, when you don't have it as a quarterback in this league, you don't have it and you have a bad game and you're going to have a bad game. And that's kind of it. He might be having a bad game, having a bad game, having a bad game. Then he's going to make a big play and win the game. Uh, he's amazing in that standpoint of not letting things and, and, and fester, not thinking about things that happen in the rear view mirror, just looking ahead, looking to the next play. And everybody talks about it. He does it. Other quarterbacks can't do it. They're just rattled. They they saying, "Oh, this isn't our day." And I'm not literally, but figuratively, you can see it in the body language. He's pretty amazing when it comes to that. Yeah. The Indianapolis game last year, I always go back to. Eagles were awful in that for three quarters. 
really three and a half quarters. May may have been their worst game of the year. Should have lost the game. They left the door open. Just put put it on his shoulders and and went and won the game. I got that same feeling uh, with with this game. Certainly wasn't their best performance, but to beat a team like that on the road in that environment and that weather that means something. I brought this up on the show the other day. Um, it was the day that uh, you were traveling, so you were off. Uh, and I tried to walk my Eagle fan caller from WIP that night back off the, the ledge a little bit. Uh, they they were projecting, predicting that the Eagles are going to have an issue at some point this year because of A.J. Brown. Because we had another uh, on-camera acknowledgement of A.J. Brown getting pretty heated with the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I just thought it looked weird that AJ still had his helmet on and was leaning into Jalen with his helmet on and Jalen had his helmet off and he was just standing there and they were going uh, jowl to jowl. My caller compared AJ Brown to Terrell Owens. And I tried to say, just don't do that. That that's just not accurate. Do AJ and Jalen from time to time have animated conversations on the sideline during games? Yeah, they do. But that's their relationship. That's them. They're boys. They're they're tight. And they can have that conversation and then just uh, shake it off. And it's over and done with. They go back out onto the field and it it doesn't mean anything. But uh, I don't know if the guy's a non-Eagle fan or whatever. He's just looking for issues or problems to have with the Eagles. There is no issue between A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, is there? No, that, that they, AJ and T.O. are not remotely close. Not not even in the same stratosphere. I mean, yeah, I mean they're close. It's like everybody has somebody they're close to. You can say anything to them, anything, and that's pretty much Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. You know, maybe if you don't have that same type of relationship, you have to uh, scale things back a little bit and 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 be more politically correct for lack of a better term with them those two can just go at it and they're they're like brothers essentially right and and fight and fight and fight uh and then be right back at it they're they're very competitive that's all it is and yeah i i wouldn't worry about that even remotely remotely worry about that and if anything uh for the play that i believe they were discussing because it came right after the play so you have to believe that's what they're talking about Hurts through an interception. It seemed on television, and maybe they talked about this afterwards. They did. Please tell us what was said. Um, that AJ Brown broke off the route. That he was supposed to go to a specific spot, and he knew he had a step on the guy, and he was hoping that the quarterback saw it, so he broke it off and was going to try and go over the top. There was a uh, blitz on the play, so Hurts didn't have much time to either react and or see the fact that uh, the deep ball was open, so he threw it to where he was supposed to throw it, and it got picked off because A.J. Brown wasn't there. He was looking to go long. If anything, that's on A.J. If A.J.'s making it up as he's going along and adjusting his route on the fly, I don't know how he could be ticked off at Jalen Hurts for throwing the ball to where the ball's supposed to be thrown. So it seemed, again, like this is just, again, their relationship. A.J. was the one who was more put off. A.J. was the one who was more outspoken. 
Jalen, like the duck, the water just runs off him. He wasn't going to let it bother him. But if anybody on that play had a right to be a little ticked off, I would suggest it was Hurts, not A.J. Brown, would you? Yeah, I mean, Dick talked about it uh, on whatever day I was stuck. Whatever, I, I, I don't even know what day it is. We're on Friday, so I guess yeah. uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever he talked about it after the game. Um, you know, it was a miscommunication and that stuff happens and, and they'll live with it because when you have great players, you give them a little bit of freedom. You don't want robots out there is I think essentially what he said. So, you know, if you see something and he used the example of, you know, if a receiver gets vertical and they see they can beat a guy, they just raise their hand. And and those two are generally on the same page, but every once in a while, when you give good players freedom, they're not going to be on the same page and something bad happens. You live with it. You'd rather have that than say, this is the way it's run. Don't deter from that. Then you're not taking advantage of the strengths of uh, AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts. So occasionally, yeah, it's not going to work and you're going to have a miscommunication. You hope it doesn't happen at the biggest spot. Think of, I talk about it all the time on the defense. Everybody talks about the Super Bowl. Miscommunication at the worst possible time. It happens. They're human beings. Um, I wouldn't get worked up at, and, unless it turns into a trend. And I don't think it's going to turn into a trend. But there's no doubt that there was a miscommunication on that point. I'm sure AJ thinks he had something and Jalen didn't pick up on it. Maybe vice versa even. Um, since obviously Jalen threw the football, uh, where it was supposed to be. So again, you know, do you want robots? And then you're not taking advantage of, of, of the strength of the potential MVP and one of the best receivers in football. Occasionally, are you going to have a play like that? Yeah. And, and luckily they, it didn't cost them. Um, but but it happens. I mean, it happens to every team and every great receiver and every great quarterback. Didn't cost them then. And for those who are trying to make a bigger deal out of it than it should be, it's not going to cost them in the long run either because those guys are perfectly fine. They can get annoyed in the moment and then it's water under the bridge. All right. Uh, yesterday was kind of a mixed bag of tricks day for the, even though the Eagles didn't play Eagles had none we all got to sit back and eat and have a good day and watch football didn't have to worry about the outcome of games as far as the Eagles go but there were three games and they all had some kind of an effect on the Philadelphia Eagles yeah how about that by the way how did that that worked out pretty well um you know all teams at least it was relevant to the Eagles oh yeah now, the early game worked out really well. Not so much the later games, but uh, hey, one out of three. When you're talking about, let's if we're talking about the 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 pantheon of the NFC, those were three of the top four. So right, um, those are three really good teams and one loss, uh, and that was the one closest to you. But boy, boy I got to tell you, San Francisco looks good. They and, look really good. And Dallas at home looks good. Dallas on the road, maybe a different story. Dallas at home. Yeah, here's where I'll even add uh, advantage Eagles to it. A, Detroit was closest. And B, you don't get a chance to play Detroit. You don't get to handle your own business with Detroit. Detroit could have run the table. We now know that's not happening because they got beat yesterday by the Packers. And 
that defense did come back down to earth. I've been very impressed with Detroit's defense. I knew it would be better because they were so god-awful last year, so there was only one direction to go, and that was up. But they had taken more strides than I thought they would leading into the year. Yeah, they look like the Detroit defense. I know uh, that Green Bay got an early defensive touchdown, but Jordan Love moved the ball very, very well through the air again. Hey, Jody, how about they took the kickoff and went deep on the first play of the game and hit a big one to uh, Christian Watson, the Packers. That's a that's a Jody Mack special. They didn't defer. They right. took the football, and they made a big play, and that set the tone for the entire game, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a still a LaFleur guy. Some people have soured on him. He's oh, one of those. I, sour, I soured on him year one. Right. I thought he was always a creation of Aaron Rodgers, but I digress. That worked for him, though. Right. So uh, I, I do think the guy's a pretty creative offensive coach. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I I was pulling for the Packers. They got the job done. And then the Cowboys and the 49ers played, and they both looked damn impressive. Uh, but, again, here's the good news. Just beat them, Eagles. You got them both. Got San Francisco next week and the Cowboys the week after. Now, playing the Dallas is going to be tough. They've been very good at home this year. Because, sorry, you just have to admit to the facts, Eagle fans. The Cowboys have been very good at home. And Dak looked very good yesterday, two, four touchdown passes. Now leads the National Football League in TD passes. Um, but you control your own destiny. You would rather be playing these teams than have to just watch and scoreboard watch every single week. You got both the 49ers and the Cowboys in the next couple of weeks. If they are what I just said they are, the best team in the National Football League, go do it. Go prove it. Go beat San Francisco when they come to town here in 10 days or whatever it is, and then go down and really put the stake through the Cowboys' heart and beat them in their own house. I like that. I don't know about you, Johnny Mac, but I like when my team has a chance to control its own destiny and go out and win games. And oh, set of course. I mean, yeah, you always want to be able to control your own destiny, and that's what the Eagles can do. They have the best record in the NFL since week one of 2022. So they've always been in, been in the position over the past two seasons where they control their own destiny. Um but those are two tough games, as you mentioned. I, I have a tough time taking Dallas as seriously because that's what they do. They beat up on bad teams, um, and they get a lot of style points. Uh, but you're right. They're very good at AT&T Stadium. Uh, they're different there. Obviously, the Eagles already beat them here, so that's going to be difficult. But, yeah, if you if you ask me who's the best team in football right now, I I'd say San Francisco when they have their stars, when they have all their stars and remember their little hiccup, no Trent Williams, no Debo Samuel. Now they lost uh, the safety. Um, and I'm not sure what happened to Ward. Um, he's a really good corner. So have to keep an eye on that. Um, but when they have McCaffrey and Samuel and Ayuk and Kittle, my God, they're good. My, I, it is unbelievable. Uh, Trent are. Williams. Trent Williams is uh, um, just on another world, but uh, they're they're really gifted, really talented. The defense is back. They added on. You know, the, I always say the Eagles have the best defensive front. San Francisco is really close. Uh, they, they're so deep. They added so much. Um, they're just good. They're just talented. They are, and as uh, John and I have been doing this now for two-plus years, and from day one, John has stuck to the story. 
the Eagles wanted to draft Christian McCaffrey. Because if you're looking at the Eagles and the 49ers and you're 49er fan, you're looking to say where we could be better. They've got Purdy and they've got Debo and they've got Ayuk and they've got Kittle. The four, this, uh, the Eagles have uh, Hurts and they've got A.J. Brown and they've got uh, – they don't have Goddard right now, but they got Devontae Smith, very comparable. And DeAndre Swift's having a really nice year. Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in football. And that's an advantage for the 49ers that the Eagles are just going not going to be able to equate to. Um, and you, you, yeah, I know. I remember like the first week we are on, you go, and believe me when I tell you, Joe, the Eagles wanted to draft Christian McCaffrey. They wanted to move up. The Eagles don't generally uh, put a big weight on running backs. They don't emphasize it. They don't put resources toward it. Oh, they were willing to do it in the first round that year when San Francisco, uh, excuse me, when uh, Carolina took them, that they've been a yeah. fan of Christian McCaffrey ever since he yeah. came into the league. And that's because he's more than a running back. And that's, you know, um, um, because he's so involved in the passing game. Remember, that was a different regime, too. That was uh, uh, Doug Peterson regime. So, um, but it's Howie. Yeah, and it was Howie, but you know, you you draft for coaches and your coaching staff at the particular time, and he really wanted that particular player. Do you uh, think it was coming. more Doug than Howie? Well, no, I think yeah, Howie was going to take him. I mean, there's uh, it, it for some bizarre reason it came up this year. Albert Breer confirmed it. I said we've been talking about it for years. Now it becomes real. Um, no, he, he was going to take him, but he's on the, in, in other words, how he goes about his process. He's not saying I'm going to take this guy and, and the coaching staff doesn't want him. They work in concert, obviously how he's ultimately responsible. But I was asked like, would they do it now with, if the same player was coming out and Jalen Hurts was a quarterback? I'm not sure because I don't think it's as valuable as it was back then. Um, He's a great player, but I always talk about Jalen elevates running backs uh, to a ridiculous degree. Uh, so I think their their thinking has changed even a little bit because of the quarterback now. But and at, at that time, they really wanted him, and it was more because of the passing ability. They knew he was a great running back, but they're not taking a running back um, it, it, that high in the draft. But he was different. He ran better routes than receivers at the everybody's. He's the best route runner at the combine. He's a running back. Um, one of the most interesting things about San Francisco's offense is they 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 completely interchange Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey at times. They'll put Samuel in the backfield and McCaffrey at wide receiver, and obviously vice versa more often. But they can do that. I've never seen that before, and it, it's it's just so difficult to deal with, um, as you kind of saw early in that game against Seattle, which is a pretty good team, pretty good defense. Obviously, Geno was banged up, so um, they weren't equipped to – probably shouldn't have been playing. They weren't equipped to deal with things offensively, but that defense pretty solid. Um, they they didn't know what to do, and yeah, it's, 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 it looks good right now. But it's just a snapshot. Um, a lot of things can happen. A lot of football can be played. Eagles don't lose, you know, three straight games um, over this two year. They don't have those lulls, so you have to give the Eagles credit as well. Um, but they look really good, um, really good right now. 
on both sides of the ball last night. The 49ers look good. But, hey, we got a game to get to before we get to the 49ers. That's next week. The Buffalo Bills come to town. Unique squad. And we'll break down some of the things that make them unique. Uh, hoping to have our boy Paul Domowitz join us. Uh, Domo usually jumps in to the early Friday spot, uh, hour number two. We'll give the Bills their due and get a uh, Bills reporter up here so they can give us some insight as to what Buffalo season's ball been all about and where they sit as they head here to Philadelphia. Hopefully, Paul Domowitz next with McMullen and McDonald, the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Apparently, the tryptophan from yesterday's turkey in the Domowitz household uh, was stronger than in other places. Uh, we have not yet heard 
from our Freddie friend Paul Don, which I I texted him yesterday just to make sure he was good to go, and he gave me the thumbs up. Uh, but we haven't heard from Damo yet. Uh, uh, you know, post Thanksgiving, you're right. Uh, uh, trip to Pan, you know, maybe he overslept. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully we get Damo though. And that was it says, uh, his stat package is up at jacobsports.com. So um, everybody should take a look at that. Does a tremendous job at that. Hopefully we'll get to talk to him about it. But uh, um, yeah, some interesting nuggets as there usually are when he puts those things together. It wasn't an issue for me yesterday because didn't have turkey. We had prime rib instead, which my oh, wife nice. does. Nice. About every fifth year she goes, yeah, we're skipping turkey this year. We're going to have beef. So, uh, All right. Mixing it up. I like it. I'm a, yeah. I'm a traditional turkey guy. I want turkey on Thanksgiving. But, you know, like I, I, I said, appreciate four out of five is good by me. If we did uh, uh, beef every year, I would go, wait a minute, this is Thanksgiving. You got to have turkey on Thanksgiving. But uh, my wife likes to deviate every once in a while. And, hey, I did not, not off during the San Francisco game because of it. I was wide awake because. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah, that helps. No, no trip to fan for yours, truly. Hopefully we uh, tripped Damo through the fan before uh, the show is over and done with. Uh, and like I said, a little later, we're going to have Sal Capaccio on. He is both a host and the sideline reporter, the Howard Eskin equivalent for the Bills Radio Network. Only I've had Sal on as a guest before, and I'll tell you he's not Howard Eskin, but that's okay. Uh, Sal will join us. Is that good up. or bad? Is that good or bad? I, we, we will Thanks. let our uh, streamers decide for themselves. Uh, well, he's a Buffalo guy, so that's not going to go well for Sal. I get that here on Birds 365. But he's a good dude, and he's a good reporter, and he does know the Bills inside out. Um, and they're an interesting team coming to town, Johnny Mac. Um, they They – on defense, they're big playish. They get a lot of sacks. They cause a lot of turnovers, but they can get beat for big plays too. They're kind of like the little girl with the curl. When they're good, they're very good. When they're bad, watch out, uh, look out below. Uh, so that will be an interesting matchup for the Eagles come uh, Sunday when they take on the Buffalo Bills. All right, I see in our waiting yeah. window. He 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 got through the trip to Pan. He's there. He's yeah. there. There he is. Sorry about that, guys. I, yeah, my mind has uh, been clouded by the trip to fans. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we were giving you a half all, yeah. because of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good to have you on, Domo. And that was a quick change going on the uh, Andy Reid uh, wear to be ready. I, to I sleep with it on. So it's, uh, <laughs> just, just a quick uh, change and, and pull it on tight and you look good. Yeah. Um, John and I talked about before we got you up, the 49ers and the Cowboys both looking very good. Lions going down. Major plus. Now no one within two games of the Philadelphia Eagles as of right now. But the two uh, afternoon and night games both also had eagle implications with the Cowboys and the 49ers playing. Who are you more impressed by yesterday, Dallas or San Francisco? San Francisco. I mean, they just uh, – if I'm the Cowboys – well, I mean, if I'm the Eagles, uh, nobody scares you. But, I mean, they're the team that I, I, I really truly believe is their biggest threat to uh, – getting it to get into the Super Bowl. They just are starting to look, you know, I thought after those three losses that, you know, maybe they were vulnerable and, you know, but then they turned it around and they're healthy again and everything's they're clicking everywhere. Yeah. And that defense. Wow. I mean, it's just going to be, that's going to be a, a heck of a matchup watching them against the Eagles uh, offense on in a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I said the same thing, uh, but I was more wild. Not that the defense was bad, but I was more wild by the offense. And, yeah. uh, you know, Jody deserves credit. He's the Brock Purdy guy. But when they have he, – he's a very quick processor. So for Kyle's offense, he's a perfect fit. Um, it, it, and when they have uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle at the same time, it's like your head is swimming. It's like, what do you do? Um, And and Kyle's a great play caller and Trent Williams. The one concern I have is the other four offensive linemen. That's maybe where the Eagles get them because they have the great defensive front. The 49ers offensive line is Trent Williams. Aaron Banks is pretty good. He's back. But say you have two, and then it's three sort of just guys. Um, So that might be the one part of the equation where the Eagles can take advantage of, but boy, those playmakers and the fact that they, they could put McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, they're like mirrored. They could put one in the backfield, one at receiver, vice versa. I don't know. Sean decide. Good luck with that, man. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, you know, if this was last year, the way they played running, you know, jumping out to fast starts, making teams play catch up, it would have, it would have helped them a lot against San Francisco because it would, you know, if, if you're, if you, if you jump on them, it, it kind of restricts their, what they can do. I mean, the, the run doesn't scare you as much. The play action doesn't scare you as much. Um, but that's not what the Eagles are doing this year. I mean, they've got what a plus six, I think first half point differential compared to last year when it was plus one twenty one for the year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, but that's what they got to do. That's what they got to do in a couple of weeks. They they've got to jump on these guys. You, if they if they're playing from behind, forget it. I mean, it'll be it'll be over just like it was, uh, you know, last you know yesterday uh, in a in a quarter or two. Yeah, what happened to the Eagles dominating the second quarter? That was like a, a, written in stone last year. The Eagles going to crush you. You better have a good first quarter opposition because the Eagles going to crush you in the second quarter. They crush everybody in the second quarter. Hasn't been exactly the same this year, but they are nine and one again. Got to go back to the fact that exactly. yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good too. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. downplay the the Eagles, but uh, you know everything's about time and place, right? And you know, who's playing the best when we hit the playoffs, that's going to factor into it. Injuries is going to factor into it as it always does. Mm-hmm. But you took a snapshot today, Damo. Who's the best team in the NFC? Right now, today, well, still the Eagles because of the record, because as much as, you know, six six of their nine wins by seven points or less, but nobody's – they're still finding a way to win. So, you know, the, the – it's hard to put San Francisco number one uh, when you, when a team's lost three in a row at, at one point, even if it was injured. Uh, that said, right now, if you were asking me who's going to the Super Bowl, I would probably say San Francisco. Wow, I'll, I'll wait till after that game against these two teams before making that uh, yeah. decision. So will I. But I mean, yeah. if you're asking me right now, yeah, uh, right San- now, right yes. now. And, you know, there's some recency bias because we just saw them uh, dominate uh, Seattle. Um, Yeah, they're really impressive. They're really talented. I've been talking – I picked them to go to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, They're they're a really talented team. Um, But I do like the Eagles coaching better. Um, um, I do – 
there to me there's a difference i think kyle shanahan is the best play schemer in the nfl but i don't think he's a great head coach i think he makes a lot of game management mistakes and that's one of the things i was most impressed about nick sirianni he was screwing up some game management stuff and he said you know what this job is too big to get bogged down in the play calling um and I think that's one of his biggest strengths. So that factors into it. I, I do want to talk about the coordinators with you, Damo, because we kind of saw it and and the Eagles offense struggled. There was this weird, like, nine and one, as you mentioned. Um, there's a lot of Brian Johnson angst that I've sensed. And uh, they both got questioned about it. Uh, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts. When the Eagles got back from Kansas City, why why are so many people hand wringing about Brian Johnson? Uh, you know what? You just look down through the years, guys. I mean, the fan base here they just seem to have this thing about coordinators. You know, like that's where they go to when they're when they're finding fault with the team with this team. It seems to rest there. They they never put the blame on players for things. Uh, it's always the play calling. It's always the coordinators. Uh, that's all I can figure because, I mean, both have done a really good job. I mean, I think Brian Johnson maybe felt his way a little bit early on as far as getting on the same page uh, play calling wise with, with his quarterback, despite the fact that they've known each other since birth. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, I thought he called a terrific game on, on you know, uh, on Monday night. I mean, using, Using four wide receivers, using two running backs. Uh, I mean, I just, I just thought he, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't have the same problems with Brian or Desai that that, that other people seem to to have. But let me ask you this, because I think they're both. If you got to go thumbs up, thumbs down, passing grade, replacing two very good coordinators, they both get a thumbs up for me. But if you pitted them one against another and say who has done the better job, the new OC and the new DC. How would you rank them? Well, well, that's tough, Jody, from the fact that, you know, Desai's working with less talent. Right. Uh, he, he's the one that's had to figure out how to fill holes and move people around and make up for people that got hurt. Brian Johnson's had more talent and probably they've underachieved. So I guess from that standpoint, you would say Desai uh, has done a better job uh, because of the underachieve factor with the offense. Uh, but... Yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, I, I do. I I grade on a curve. I readily admit I'm grading on a curve. John yeah. Desai had heavier lifting to do. He had more guys to replace, turnover. Uh, yeah. Johnson was left left a pretty full deck from what Shane Steichen had when they when he walked to Indianapolis. So grading on the curve, I think Desai definitely has been better. They're both fine. They're both passing grades for me. I'm not coming down on either one of them, but I think Desai has done the better job of the two. Yeah. If if one of them was going to be one and done, um, and if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, they both might be one and done. But yeah. if, if if you had to pick one, I'm going Brian Johnson. Part of that is just because NFL teams are more likely to hire an offensive mind, so that it it shifts in his direction to begin with. But yeah. um, yeah, I don't think he's going to be here long. So people, yeah. if they are hand wringing. I, I don't think you have that much to worry about because you're going to be hand-wringing about another coordinator. I, I truly believe he's going to be head coach 
if not next year, very, very quickly. In the I agree. NFL. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere this upcoming year. Now we still got football left to play and reserve uh, the right to make that prediction when the season's over and done with, or at least when we get close to the end of the season, get into playoffs because that's when teams start firing their coaches and names start to be bandied about. Uh, I don't think Brian Jensen's in this particular uh, spin cycle, a guy that uh, teams yeah. will be talking about hiring. All right. Uh, we can't leave our boy Howie out of this. We know this time of the year, he's got to kind of sit on his hands. He's not nearly as involved. Trade uh-huh. deadline's come and gone. However, a guy did become available this week. A guy that Sirianni knows because he was in Indy when uh, the coach was there. Shaq Leonard released by the Colts. He's had uh, many an injury. He was at one time one of the best linebackers in the NFL, period. One of the top five right. linebackers. He's not that anymore, but he certainly would provide depth to the Eagles. He did pass through waivers, thought there was an outside chance somebody would claim him. They would owe him $6 million for the rest of the year. Didn't happen. So he is now a free agent to land anywhere. How aggressive is Howie Roseman going after Shaq Leonard, though? Well, I mean, I think the important part is how, I mean, if he's, if he's healthy, uh, you go after him real aggressively. Uh, but that's the big question. How's his back? Uh, you know, Dallas is interested in him, but the same thing that, you know, I mean, they lost Vander Esch. Uh, it, it's all about your comfort level with his, with his injury situation. I mean, signing him and bringing him in and, you know, then he ends up, you know, playing five snaps and is on the injury list doesn't help you. So, but yeah, I mean, Right now, you're shoring up everything if you can. I mean, you're looking at you know the home stretch here, the playoffs. If you got a weakness and there's somebody out there that can help you, uh, especially you know, I mean, it's I don't know what Leonard commands right now. Very very little probably since he's hurt, has been hurt, and uh, so I mean, I would I would go after him, assuming you feel good that your doctors have told you that, that this guy's okay, he can hold up, he'll play. Uh, you know, then, I mean, certainly they can use another linebacker. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like um, it, and often in these situations, um, it's always, you know, contenders sort of battling against each other. Uh, right. 49ers and Eagles were both kicking the tires on Jalen Johnson in Chicago. Um, probably more so to keep them away from the other. This yeah. could be the same thing with the Cowboys, as you mentioned, uh, with the Eagles. I do want to get back to your uh, stat package. You mentioned it a little bit, uh, Damo, about the personnel groupings and the mm-hmm. shift. From last year, they played without Dallas Goddard's um, a significant period of time, five games. They persevered. Easier schedule at that point, uh, certainly. Uh, but it was interesting because – they used more 11 personnel when Goddard was out than when he was healthy um, because, you know, it makes some sense because they had two tight ends. Stoll right. is the blocker. Goddard, you get him outside because Stoll's ability. Um, and they didn't have that uh, when he left. This time they did a, a, a little bit more uh, different things. And you mentioned the four wide, wide receivers, the pony formation, the two tight ends, uh, Devontae Smith lining up in the backfield, which I love. I see other teams do that. The McVay tree teams do that all the time 
everybody has trouble finding those receivers in the backfield. Eagles do that because it was Andy Reid and the Chiefs, or are we going to see more of that? I think we're going to see more of that. Uh, you know, I mean, when they got DeAndre Swift, I think they it opened up their mind to a lot of things they could do with him. I mean, uh, as Nick pointed out in his press conference on uh, Wednesday, uh, you know, this is a guy you can line up anywhere. You can do that with Gainwell. Uh, so, I mean, you know, they've been in those two wide receiver, 21 personnel uh, play uh, personnel groupings that they've used. They've had Scott line up in the backfield. And then on that 35-yard jet sweep that uh, uh, Swift ran, he, he started out on the right side uh, out wide and they put him in motion and, you know, it ended up being a huge play. Uh, so I think we're going to see more of that. They've been they've been they've been very you know they, they used it against the Jets uh, a few times. They used it against the Cowboys a few times, and it was very successful in both games. And then obviously it was successful on uh, Monday night. I think uh, uh, you know you can throw out of it, you can run out of it, uh, and you know and you mentioned using Devontae, lining him up in the backfield. I mean, maybe we'll see him get hand, you know, get hand. Uh, I don't know if I want to see that. I don't. I, I don't know if I want to see the handoff to Devonte. I don't want to yeah, kill well, him. You could, you could put it. You could uh, put him in motion. You know, get maybe him a jet, jet sweep. Think, maybe a jet sweep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I think they're they're trying to throw. They're, they they're they're being very creative right now. I like that. Uh, I think part of the four wide receiver thing on on Monday night. Had to do with Calcaterra going down early on. Maybe yeah. they wouldn't have used it as much, uh, but they were very effective with it. Uh, I think I pointed out in the uh, in the column that uh, Jalen uh, completed, I think, seven of eight passes out of that uh, uh, ten personnel package. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I like a team that just tries to keep confusing the uh, offense, uh, the defense. I mean, what you see a lot of times. They get very clever in their 15-place uh, scripted package early on. You know, they'll play like six different personnel groupings, and then after that, they go yeah. whatever it was they did. But you know. yeah, after that, they go uh, 16 bubble screens yeah. instead of <laughs> personal. Now that that was interesting. I mean, that what, what they I think they ran five screens in a, in a matter of two possessions uh, in the fourth yeah. quarter. The first now I I did I I I did talk to Nick about that a little bit. And well, I Jody knows I can't stand bubble screens outside yeah. bubble screens. I I just it's it's an agree it's it's a blight. It's uh, <laughs> aesthetically disgusting. Um, but they did set it up with the in, they they set it up and then it went to the inside screen to Swift, which worked. And I think part of the reason was because they set it up yeah. with the outside screen. So. There was some method to the badness, but yeah. boy, man, oof. Uh, oh, the one, the, I mean, the, the middle screen to Swift was was beautifully yeah. executed. Beauty. Yeah, the thing yeah. of beauty. Yeah. yeah. All right, Damo, you also did point out that Jalen Hurts rushed five times for first downs in a game against Kansas. That's a big part of that victory was Jalen's ability to make a play with his legs, including the 10-yard touchdown round, the Touch push is the touch push. They're just stopping it at it. They do it when they need it, and no one can stop it. Uh, but Jalen did make a couple plays with his legs. How much of an effect did that have, in your opinion, on DeAndre Swift having his best game in over a month? 
you know, we've talked about this before, Jody, about, you know, what effect that had on the running game when he couldn't run. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely benefits uh, DeAndre because it opens things up. It's you got to account for him. Um, you know, I still think teams right now are daring him to do that. But you know, when you can run a draw like that and come as clean as he did into the end zone, it, it you know, it, it's it's going to give Buffalo. Yeah, go, go ahead and dare me, and I go in untouched from ten yards. Thank you very much for daring me. <laughs> and when you got, I mean, Jason Kelsey, some of the blocks in front of him was, yeah, it's just. Again, watching that kind of blocking is really uh, fun to watch. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, it definitely helps Swift. Uh, the blitz was interesting to me, Damo, because it – and it was funny because on our postgame show, uh, Seth had indicated that they blitzed a lot. And I was like, I don't think so. It seemed pretty normal. Yeah. And turns out, yeah, from the eye test, they actually blitz less than they typically do. As you mentioned, 22.7%, yeah. 23.2% is their typical blitz rate. So right right on their average. But what they did do when they did blitz, and I think it, 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 it fooled some people, um, they usually brought more. They, but, but when the Eagles blitz, it's typically five men. That's yeah. it. Bang. Nothing. There's no zero. There's no nothing. But they brought more against Patrick Mahomes. Um, successful or not? Well, yeah. It was, it, I mean, the, the 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 zero blitz they ran. Um, it, it ended up with a 17 yard completion uh, to Watson. I think it was. Uh, but I mean, it was executed great. I mean, Reed Blankenship was 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 right. Uh, you know, in the quarterback's face, it just was, I mean, it was, it was a Mahomes a pass that only a few quarterbacks in the league can make. He stood there and, and, and threw a, a beautiful pass to the sideline for a, but the, you know, the, they did a good job on the six man blitzes. Uh, Mahomes' numbers weren't very good. Uh, and it just, it got, you know, I mean, it, it, it keeps a quarterback thinking uh, it keeps them on even a quarterback like Mahomes. I mean, the more you can do to try and confuse them, even if it doesn't totally confuse them, uh, gives them more to think about. So I, I'm going to be interested in to see, I think one of the things they wanted to do in this game with, with that blitz was, was uh, put it on film to give, you know, to give uh, uh, Brock Purdy something to think about, to give uh, Josh Allen something to think about, to give Dak, something to think about next time they play him. Uh, and I think we'll see more of it because I, th I thought they were fairly successful with it on uh, on Monday night, R rushing six and, and even seven. Damo, no, this is a, as a beat guy who's there every single day, you would uh, certainly have the answer to this question. But since that's not your ballywick anymore, I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit for me. We seen the last of Derek Barnett in an Eagle uniform? Probably. I mean, yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't moved more quickly, to be yeah. honest. Um, but we'll see how that shakes out. He hasn't. Uh, well, they uh, they practiced yesterday, but uh, yeah. and then gave the guys off uh, to go home for Thanksgiving afterwards. But uh, still out for personal reasons. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, um, boy. Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat are playing a lot, a lot of snaps. snaps. Yeah. A lot of snaps. Um, Nolan Smith hasn't been able to 
get more playing time, which can Shaq Leonard he... play defensive end? Can you play him on the edge? Yeah. <laughs> Pick him up, throw him into the defensive end rotation. It's a it's a it's a little bit of a disappointment at this stage that Nolan hasn't gotten more um more reps. It looks like Patrick Johnson isn't even in the equation yeah. any longer. Can they finish this thing with those guys playing that many reps? They seem that Josh Sweat's there making big plays at the end of the game. Hassan Reddick has closed games. Brandon Graham can still close games, as we know. Is that enough? Do they need that fourth guy? Yeah. You know, the interesting guy in my mind is is BG, uh, Graham, uh, because he hasn't played a whole lot of snaps. I think Monday night he played 25 snaps, which was about 32% of uh, the snaps. But most of the season he's been around 25, 30. So he's – I mean – I mean, I expected him to play a lot more this season. Uh, it's two years removed from the ACL. I mean, fr- from the Achilles. Uh, he hasn't. He's been effective, though, when he's been in there. And I think he's the guy going forward that if you're going to have to, you know, ease back on, uh, on on the number of snaps you've been given to your edge rushers, he'd be the guy that needs to play more. Um, but another guy that's played a lot of snaps is is Fletcher Cox. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I'm we've been saying that for years with Fletcher, but you I know, know. <laughs> yeah. um, and and now he plays less than he you know did in his prime, obviously, because the Eagles are really deep at uh, defensive tackle. Milton yeah. Williams, by the way, he okay. might be having it, hope. Hope Milt's good to go on. Yeah, the, I, mean, I don't, we don't, I don't know, know that. that. I don't know if he is going to be go good to go. That's yeah. kind of the point. He's been really good this season. And I think a lot of people haven't noticed um, just how good Milton Williams has been. So that could be an issue against the bills. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you want your good players on the field. That's what Jim Schwartz used to talk about. You, you know, Damo every yeah. year they talk about limiting Fletcher snaps and then you're at the end of the game. You got to win the game. You want your best players on the field. And it's, I, I feel like it's the same way with the ends now. Um, and hopefully the Eagles are able to persevere through it, but it's, it's a little bit of concern for me that those guys are playing so many reps at this stage. Yeah. I'll be curious too, to see if, 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 if Desai starts mixing things up a little bit more playing Milton Williams, some outside, uh, I mean, you you can play Cox out there, but he's one of the guys that's playing a lot of snaps. So, I mean, there are ways to, to give Sweat and Reddick rest uh, because you've got versatile tackles. I mean, you could do pretty much anything with Jalen Carter probably or Jordan Davis. I mean, maybe they're they're holding back a little bit and they're going to show some looks, uh, you know, against you know, when they play San Francisco and Dallas that nobody's seen before, you know, putting those guys on the edge. Uh, who knows? Uh, oh, by the way, I forgot to I forgot to mention because you were there day one. How amazing is it? That on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field, Brandon Graham will become the longest tenured Eagle ever. Uh, on his 189th game, nobody has played in more games as an Eagle than Brandon Graham. Amazing. He yeah. was labeled a bust. Yeah. 
uh, Chip Kelly was going to cut him for Travis Long, and then Travis Long tore his ACL, and here he is, 189 games. It it is unbelievable that story, and how yeah. he turned it around. I mean, right from the start, they draft him, and everybody wants to know why they didn't take Jason Pierre Paul or the safety that Earl uh, Thomas. Earl yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, he what's Earl doing these days? He working at a Target? Was he involved with? <laughs> he's a greeter. He's a greeter at, at Walmart. That's I what I thought. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully, he had the holiday off yesterday. Um, <laughs> last thing for me, Damo. Uh, I, I, Streamer alert, the guys are going to get mad because I'm going to say something that's questionable about the Eagles, and they always do when I say something that's questionable. I think this weekend against the Bills, the Eagles should have some fear of potential defensive dominant players who are former Eagles. Linval Joseph helping out in the middle of that defense. How he didn't go down the mercenary road for him again this year when he came in and helped them get to the Super Bowl last year. Tongue somewhat implanted in cheek on that one. Um, but Rasul Douglas, who for weeks I was saying leading up to the trade deadline is somebody the Eagles should have interest in. They could use some help in the slot. Rasul has played three games for the Bills. Three. He's got two interceptions and two fumble recoveries. The entire Eagles secondary doesn't have much more than that. And they played 11 games. And Rasul has got his hands on the ball four different times in three games. And, yeah, I think he'll come in here and do a nice job for the Bills. How upset will Eagle fans be if two former Eagles on the defensive side of the ball help the Bills come in and pull an upset in Philadelphia? I would imagine they'd be very upset, Jody. But, uh, boy, I, you know, I mean, uh, Russell Douglas has, has, has fashioned a pretty good career for himself uh, after he left Philadelphia. But, I mean, my personal feeling is that that Sunday the Eagles' offense really is going to get on track. I mean, the, the the Bills' defense, with all the injuries they've suffered this year, is is not in good shape. Um, and I think they can be exploited both on the ground and through the air. And I, I think I think this is the this is the game the Eagles play a complete offensive game. Ooh, all right. Um, but by the way, I always thought. And, and Jody's been on the Rasul kick, but I always thought if Rasul could have lasted and gotten into the Fangio scheme, I think that's a perfect fit for him. He's a pure zone corner. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been great for him, but uh, couldn't do it, and it's worked out elsewhere. He's a good player in Green Bay, good player in right. Buffalo. Took yeah. him a while. Uh, he, right, he was in a bunch of spots. I was suggesting he would be a nice return fit. What kind of defense are they playing these days, Johnny Mac? Yeah, unfortunately, oh, it's the Fangio the defense. Which I think it'd be a great fit. Russell is a perfect fit for, and the I, weren't. I, I do think he's a great fit, but and and people are down on James Bradbury this year. I still think James Bradbury is a better fit, so I'm not too concerned about it. Well, the funny thing about Russell is he's playing a lot of press. Um, yeah, and when he was here, I mean, you couldn't. Oh, when him. he was here, yeah. When, you when, get, when, get him to stand up, uh, line up yeah. uh, closer than fifteen yards away from the guy. Well, he's a, he's his own. He's his own guy. He's got good ball skills. He's always had good ball skills. Always, even yeah. when he was here. But uh, yeah, it didn't work. All right, Dama. So I'm reading between the lines and hearing you're saying Eagles are certainly putting up a thirty spot, thirty what against this beaten up. Uh, broken down Bills defense. <laughs> I'm going to go 30-20. I'm going to go. I'll tell you, what, I'm going to go 34-20. Uh, 
I just, you know, I mean, the Bills are what one and three on the road this year. They're just so. I mean, Josh Allen is is up and down. He's thrown through twelve picks already. Reckless. He's reckless. Yeah. I just, I just, boy, and. The, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Which is why the Bills will probably come in here and light things up, but because I said it's gonna be thirty-four twenty, but that's my that's that's the way I'm looking at it. All right, Damo, a pleasure. Thanks for getting up and at least pulling the shirt on correctly. We thank you for that too. I apologize uh, for being late. Not a problem, brother. We will talk to you next Friday. Thanks, Have a good week. Have a good weekend. Paul Domwich, 3013.com and his stat pack on the Jacob Sports. Uh, dot com website is phenomenal. I got to check out the, the the Buffalo injury report, Jody. I, I got to tell you, this Bills team remains talented. Uh, obviously, they're not having the kind of year uh, they want to have, but they have the tenth ranked defense of the NFL. The Eagles are fourteen as a comparison. They have the sixth ranked offense. The Eagles are ninth. I mean, they are talented. <laughs> they have. It's just you know, I think Josh Allen is too reckless. But if they play their A game, they're still a dangerous team. But they, like the Dallas Cowboys, are good at beating up on teams they're supposed to beat up on. Their plus-minus buries the Eagles. And they got five losses. And their plus-minus buries the Eagles. When they win, they roll it up on people. Like I said, kind of like the Cowboys, but the Eagles aren't the kind of team that you roll it up on. But I think their defense... Um, is a little underrated. Uh, they've had a couple of injuries, yes, but yesterday they only had one guy out in practice. Everyone else was either full practice or limited, and again, estimation, so you don't really know, but um, they, they actually are getting a little bit more healthy. Well, I think he's talking more of uh, uh, Matt Milano, who's a very Milano's good Milano was a key miss, yes. Yeah done for the season i think they lost somebody else um it's ridiculous white but they lost him like week three he's been he's been out for a long period of time they are what they are since he went out and he's going to be out for the season so they've done a nice job replacing some of their injured players like with an acquisition of rasul douglas who was out there to be had and they went and got him ed oliver's a good player too he's uh he's a very disruptive player the bill's Um, I think the Bills are number two overall in the NFL in sacks. So, yeah, they're going to get after Jalen Hurts, and this is coming off a game where Jalen was sacked five times against the Chiefs. All right, McDonald and McMullen, Mac and Mac, Birds 365, quick timeout. We'll come back in uh, less than uh, 15 minutes from now. Sal Capaccio, the uh, sideline reporter for the Bills on their radio network. Uh, Howard Eskin of the Bills. I'm going to say that to Sal and see if he takes umbrage on it or if he smiles. A uh, different type of person I was just mentioning. Uh, Sal Capaccio from uh, the Bills Radio Network and join us coming up soon here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got your Mac and Mac guides here on Birds 365. We got Tom Capaccio from the Bills Radio Network joining us coming up in just a couple. Um, Johnny Mac, knowing the social media maven that you are, mm. um, I'm just wondering if you could have possibly missed this. I doubt it highly because uh, you don't miss much. Um, after the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and I did um probably annoy some eagle fans because i thought i was complimenting him saying they're as talented as any team in the national football league they're as tough as any team both physically and mentally uh and they've got a little bit of the clutch gene that not everybody has jalen hurts Devontae smith josh sweat big plays big moments step up make huge plays yeah they got that and Mm -hmm. i added on monday that they got a little luck too. And some people don't ever like to hear about luck. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling's got to catch that ball. 
it, yeah, it, he does. It yeah, hit him no. in the hand. I had an actual call on Monday night or Tuesday night on WIP who said it was a bad pass by Mahomes that that he had to extend for it. He's fifty yards downfield. He's got three yards of separation from the nearest defender, and the ball hit him in the hand. And somehow it was Patrick Mahomes' fault. I don't think so. You have to make that catch if your market's valid scandal, and he didn't. And that's a little on the lucky side for the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, yeah, I know Eagle fans, some Eagle fans don't want to hear that. Uh, but did you see who responded to the fact that if he were there on the play, he would have caught the ball, unlike Marquez Valdez-Scanling, Johnny Mac? I did not. I did not see that. That would be one Deshaun Jackson. Oh, yeah, he would have caught the ball. Yeah. Now, I don't know about today. Deshaun well, still thinking. And, and he followed Certainly it up in with his prime, yeah. Andy's got my number yeah. if he, he wants, still wants to. play, yeah. EA yeah, does. Um, yeah. Deshaun in his prime would have caught that ball easy. One of the best trackers of the football downfield ever. Um, and, yeah. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is known for dropping the football, was known for dropping the football in Green Bay. I mean, he he's he's one of those guys that's going to drop it on occasion. And that's one of the issues that Kansas City's dealing with. Justin Watson dropped a bunch of uh, – Oh, couple. They, they dropped five hey, Kelsey, passes, I think. Kelsey had yeah. one, had one drop, and right yeah. in the hands. He yeah. started looking upfield too fast. He's looking for Taylor in the stands. Um, hey, yeah, even Kelsey's dropping balls. So – um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a little bit of luck, but you know, so what? I mean, you think it wasn't, I love the disconnect. Every team gets some plays that go their way. Some plays that don't saw a couple of tip balls yesterday in games that went the offense's way. Some crazy stuff happens. Yeah, bounce from receiver to receiver. Yeah. Uh, a couple of those. Yes. Um, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl, was it lucky to Kansas City that Jalen Hurts had an unforced error? Yes, they took advantage of it. Uh, um, that's a good example of being lucky uh, for for the other teams. So, um, Quez Watkins dropped a big football in the Super Bowl. Um, people forget that. Uh, and he has a history of drops like Marquez, Baltes. So, is that lucky or, you know, you're throwing a receiver occasionally drops the football. Could it have been a better throw by Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, it could have been more perfect. But, yeah, great receiver makes that catch. Simple as that. Deshaun Jackson would have made that catch in his prime easily. Um, on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10 for me on that throw, I give Mahomes 9.5. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't at Ten, but it was 9.5. You're supposed to catch everything over five, let alone a 9.5. They hit you right in the hands. I'm not going to go. I'm going to go eight. I'm not going to 7.5. It wasn't, he could have, he could have laid it in the bucket and made it really easy for him. It was a little bit long, but yeah, it's not the quarterback. Uh, uh, Hertz is passed to um, uh, Devontae Smith. What would you give that? Uh, Eight. So you think Mahomes' pass was worse? A little bit. It was a little bit long. It wasn't a bad pass. I'm Hertz, just saying I'm not going to give under it. through Devontae. It's, if it's I got better. a quarterback and I can get an underthrow or an overthrow, I take the overthrow every oh, single not day a, of the week. Not, a, not on a deep ball. But first of all, you don't want to over. 
it's much easier for a receiver to come back than it is to to lay out. It's much easier uh, for a defender to defend a underthrown ball than an overthrown ball. Not against you know a good receiver. Uh, what's going to happen is now I'm not talking about underthrown dramatically. Where uh, uh, I'm talking about underthrown, where a receiver can step back and either get the penalty, which is annoying. Uh, for defense because they're coming back and defenders not their fault, but that's the reality of the game, or they're going to catch the the 50-50 ball. Um, yeah, always on a deep ball. You know, you don't and, – and but I'm just saying I'm not putting it at 9.5. It was a good throw. The receiver should have made the catch. It wasn't on the quarterback. But, it, but if you're allowing – and by the way, MBS isn't a great receiver anyway, so I don't know if he's going to catch a 50-50 ball, but uh, Devontae is. Um, it, it, it it was on the receiver. I'm just not going 9.5. You went 9.5 on me. It, it wasn't – it oh, yeah. was a little bit long. It, it, it was a it little hit long. you in the hands in stride. You got to make the play. That's damn close to a 10. Uh, it just a very botched play by Marquez Valdez-Gandling as far as I'm concerned. You got to come down with that ball. And he didn't. And that that was, again, uh, the 9.5 thing. Uh, 10% of blame for that play not being made. 9.5 on Marquez Valdez-Gandling. 0.5 on Patrick Mahomes. That's how I come up with the 9.5. I, you know, it's interesting because those are two different categories. Blame, I'm putting 90% of the blame on the receiver. Was it the greatest throw Patrick Mahomes ever made? No. Uh, but blame to me is different than uh, great. You got to make plays if you're a receiver in this league. And he had an opportunity to make a play. And when you get both hands on the football, you got to catch the football. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Oh, we don't have to go to break. We can bring Sal right up. Xander okay. says we, no need to break. So no let's need bring. to break here since we got Sal Capaccio joining us. Then he's got to get up for his show on WGR in Buffalo, but he will be here in Philadelphia on Sunday to work the sidelines for the Bills Radio Network. Sal, Jody Mac and uh, Johnny Mac here. How you doing, bud? Mac and Mac. I love it. I mean, uh, good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for being here, Sal. I, you know, it's an interesting, I was just talking about the bills. So you, you got to explain this to me because we all know Buffalo is a very, very talented team. Um, it hasn't gone the way that they would have liked to this point, but you know, I just look at the pure numbers and I say, well, they got a top 10 defense. They got a top 10 offense. Why, why has that not translated into the typical Bills record we all expect? Well, let's start with the defense because, um, you know, I think that they are a still very talented defense, but they're way, way depleted. Um, one of the things that's happened here, guys, you go back to week five, Bills are in London. They lose Matt Milano for the year. Your week before that, they lose Tredavious White for the year. Same week five, they lose Daquan Jones. They've literally lost maybe arguably their best player at all three levels for the season. And they've been out for a good six, seven weeks. Um, it's been tough to replace them. That said, the defense has played much better last few weeks. I think it's taken some time on task to get some of these guys who are normally backups to kind of fill some roles. They've done a really nice job. In fact, you know, against the Cincinnati Bengals, they did everything they could, held the Bengals at three points in the second half, hanging on for dear life. Against the Broncos, they run short fields all the time. Same thing basically happened. So you look at some of the numbers on defense, 
it doesn't necessarily look great because of that stretch specifically, but I, I'm not trying to make excuses. I mean, no team in this league can withstand the kind of injuries I think the Bills have had on the defensive side and still maintain the elite level, but they are still a good defense. On the offensive side, I'm going to sound like an old school cliche football coach. I understand that, but I'm just going to tell you, they've turned the ball over. I mean, they move the ball and then they turn it over. They make critical mistakes. And it's not just on Josh Allen. First play of the game against the Broncos, fumble on Monday Night Football. Um, they get into the red zone against Cincinnati Bengals. They're ready to maybe score, make it a one-score game in the third quarter. Rookie Dalton Kincaid fumbles the football. They've turned the ball over. They literally have one of the best defense in the league as far as metrics, analytics, yards, th things like that. And then they make a critical mistake, and that's really what's hurt them. Josh Allen has been this type of quarterback his entire career. High highs, low lows. Turns the ball over, makes huge plays, both throwing it and running it. I thought that we'd see a maturation over time of Josh Allen. And the truth is, this year's Josh Allen is a lot. I cut, I cut him some rookie slack because I cut every rookie some slack. But year two Josh Allen is compared to this year's Josh Allen. If you're a Bills fan, you just got to accept it. Ride with the high highs and deal with the low lows. Well, first of all, Jody, I'll say, and this isn't on you necessarily. Everybody does this. Um, Josh Allen actually has matured quite a bit on what he's been able to do. I think if you look at the numbers, the interceptions, yes, they're there. I would tell you at least half the interceptions are clearly not on Josh Allen this year. He hits Gabe Davis right in the hands against the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football. It's tipped up in the air. It's an interception. That's not on Josh Allen. Now, a couple okay. times I would say, there were a couple times where, like in the London game, where he's like, hey, it's third and 20. I'm just going to try and give my guy a play down the field. Those turned into <laughs> interceptions. So I, I think when most people outside of Buffalo look at the numbers, oh, my God, Josh Allen, turnover machine. The fact is, go through every interception. I would say Josh is maybe responsible for about six interceptions this year. How, um, about, the, how about the fumbles, Sal? Um, I don't know how he would a pass on those. He's no, not necessarily a pass. He, he's got to be better taking care of the ball, but I don't know what the fumble numbers exactly are. But let's remember every single fumble that's an exchange basically goes on the quarterback. We always know that. But yeah. Josh has Josh has also put the ball on the ground too much in his career. And I don't know, I don't think this much is this year's been as much. Remember, two weeks ago, James Cook fumbled the first play of the game. There was that's a bad true. exchange with James Cook. James Cook fumbled later in the game as well. He had three fumbles himself. There's been a few of those, but look at Josh's numbers. He's still he's still up there and Actually, this is the best year he's having completion percentage-wise. He's taking yeah. what the defense gives him. He's efficient. He's still in the top five in passing yardage. I just – I think there's this natural reaction to he's Josh Allen. He's all over the place. Like you said, highs, lows, interceptions. I, I would implore people to actually watch the interceptions he's had this year. They're not really a lot of them on him. Now, there have been horrible decisions he's made. There's no doubt. First play against the since, uh, New England Patriots, he made a bad throw, bad decision, gets picked. He had three interceptions opening night against the Jets. Two of them he probably shouldn't have thrown, but he just he launched it down the field, and one of them was a bad throw on him. I'm not absolving him of all of them. There's no doubt about it. I just think it's the thing we do with Josh Allen because he's Josh Allen, when the truth is he's actually had a really good year this year, and there have been times where him and the rest of the offense have made a critical mistake at a critical juncture. Uh, Sal, what's going on with Stephon Diggs? We all know what – how good he is as a receiver, one of the best route runners in this league. He left Minnesota for a reason. He's, you know, a typical diva, I think, would be a a proper term. We've, we've heard that throughout the NFL. Am I being unfair to Stephon Diggs? Yeah, I don't think there's anything this year that's gone on to give you that indication, except that he's just the kind of a guy that wears the motions on his sleeve. And he's been a great player great teammate he's up near the top in the league and 
receiving, you know, targets, catches, yards. Um, you know, he talks to us every week. He keeps telling people, I don't know why people say these things to me. I keep telling you how much I love being here and love Josh Allen. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if there's anything specific that he's done this year that, you know, gets you there. Lately, is he's not responsible for his brother, but his Correct. brother said what he said, and he tried to diffuse it as best as possible. Which is um, not on him, like you said. Yeah. Um, it, when you talk about occasionally, if he doesn't get the football, you see the angst. Um, that is not, that's not really what's happened, though. He, he does not do that when he doesn't get the football. He does it when they lose. And I'll give you a great example. They've had games where he was not, he he got he was throwing the ball four times last week. I mean, he caught four passes. They won. They scored thirty two points. He didn't say a thing. I mean, this is you know the, the guy wants to win um, against the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago. Gabe Davis had four touchdowns. Josh um, Stephon Diggs had two catches the whole game. They he he did he said, look, I, I, my teammate got four touchdowns. They were double covering me. I mean, it was great. So I just think there's a narrative out there again that you know from the outside looking in, it just it, it's it's just not. Now look, I will tell you that Stephon. He can be different sometimes. There's no doubt. And he plays a position where a lot of times that gets attached to you. I agree with you. But there's been nothing at all this year ever since what happened in minicamp and him not showing up. And there was a to-do about that. Ever since he came to training camp, Stefan's been a great teammate. He's a captain on the Buffalo Bills. He was voted by his team. And he's hasn't done anything, I think, of any indication that he's, you know, having any sort of issue with anyone. So I got a Diggs question for you. How much should we expect him in the slot this Sunday? Because Buffalo does like to move their wide receivers around. I think it's advantageous. You don't know where the guy's going to be coming at you. Uh, you can't necessarily match up against them the way you would like to lock something in. How much do they use Diggs out of the slot? Because the Eagles are hoping that their return from injury guy, Bradley Roby, had one phenomenal play and one fairly bad play this past week against Kansas City is going to be matched up against him. How much are we going to see Diggs in the slot? Not that much, but probably a little bit more now that Joe Brady's calling plays. I think Joe's been, you know, last week's first week where Joe was the play caller, the Bills made a change in offensive coordinators. Guys know, and he used a little bit more motion, hit guys in different spots. But the guy in the slot for the Buffalo Bills is their tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid is really more of a slot, slot receiver than he is a uh, tight end. And, you know, they drafted him to have this 12 personnel Dawson Knox has been out, but Dalton Kincaid is having a phenomenal year. Um, you is know, Knox going to be back this week, by the way? He will not. Um, he is eligible to come back, but he's not going – he's not practicing. Um, okay. It's funny, and I don't – you hate saying this because it sounds like bad. And Dawson Knox is a really good football player, but it's actually forced the Bills to go back to their 11 personnel and use one tight end, and they've been better that way. I think the Bills are better when they have one tight end in the field than they have two, even though the Bills want to run two a lot uh, to give two – you know, to give matchups. But Dalton Kincaid's been really, really, really good, and – uh, him and Sam Laporte are having tremendous years as rookie tight ends, but especially lately, he's averaging I think, five or six catches a game over the last several weeks. And that's the guy in the slot um, that, you know, and I know the Eagles have had some numbers where they're not great against tight ends this year. I would think that's the matchup the Bills might look at, especially putting Dalton in the slot. Stefan will play there once in a while. Khalil Shakir had the big 81-yard touchdown last week as well. He also plays the slot. Sal, you mentioned the ship to uh, Joe Brady at offensive coordinator. Um, typically, uh, when you make those kind of moves in season, um, it, it, it's never a good sign. I don't think you see the same thing in Pittsburgh. Um, where are we with Sean McDermott in Buffalo? Obviously, tremendous head coach, tremendous success, but you know everybody's got a shelf life. You, you don't get over the top. We start seeing those coordinator moves in changes. 
you know, whether you want to call it scapegoat or not, could be the first sign of, of, of something down the road. Where Where's Sean McDermott as far as his job security if the Bills don't make the playoffs? Well, I think it depends if, John, if you talk to fans or the ownership, right, in which way you look at it. Fans are fans are itchy right now. Um, you know, the Bills have not gotten to their ultimate goal, and they've been close, and it hasn't happened. And there's been times where, like the 13 seconds against Kansas City a few years ago when they had the game won basically and lost it with 13 seconds left in overtime in the playoffs, and then a couple of weeks ago, 12 men on the field at the end of the game. There's been things that fans are very quick to point to that have been critical mistakes in games. Um, they also know, and I would tell you, and I'm one of these people to tell you, hey, 17 years of no playoffs, this guy comes in and the Bills are perennial contenders now. I mean, I think he's a tremendous head coach. But that said, what really matters is what ownership thinks. And Terry Pagula, I don't think has any interest in moving on from Sean McDermott. And Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, what they've done for this organization since they've been here is tremendous. They just both got contract extensions before the season started. Now that said, you know, it doesn't mean you can't move on if something happens. I think it would really take some sort of falling out, disagreement. I mean, if Sean, if the Bills don't make the playoffs this year, it's of course a tremendous disappointment. But I think there's been enough goodwill and, you know, um, you know, tremendous seasons leading up to this that have built up, that have allowed for not necessarily a pass, put it that way, but for the Bills to say, look, I mean, we're not going to make any rash changes right now. Um, as far as, you know, the offensive coordinator change, as we said earlier, the numbers are there. They're making crucial mistakes. And Sean talked a lot about culture and subculture and energy and confidence. And I just think they needed infusion of that, you know, with the offense as well. And Joe Brady is a lot different than Ken Dorsey, his personality. I think Sean felt that that was, you know, the way they needed to go. They have not, you know, they've only scored 20.5 points a game before last week over the last six weeks. And that's not good enough for this offense. But as far as his job security, I don't personally think that Sean McDermott has anything to worry about his job security. And I don't think he's making changes to his staff because he's worried about his job security. He's three years left on his deal. He has a great relationship with ownership. He's done a great job for this organization. So I don't think that's why he makes a move like that. All right. Uh, where is Vaughn Miller at? The, the Bills have a very good defensive end, pass rushing rotation, maybe one of the best in the league. And Vaughn Miller is giving him next to nothing this year. You know, he's had some injury right. issues, but where's he at right now? Well, he hasn't had an injury this year, but he is coming back from the ACL from last year. And, you know, he didn't uh, get on the field until week uh, five, I think it was, uh, maybe week six. But either, either way, um, he's not playing a whole complement of snaps. And to answer your question, Jody, he's not where he needs to be. Um, you need to have more production from Von Miller. They need He's not even registered a tackle yet. Now, that said, he's come close to making an impactful play. He's been very close to kind of getting to where he needs to, I think, you know, getting to the quarterback. But it hasn't happened yet. The Bills need to see that. They do have a very good defensive line rotation with Greg Rousseau. AJ Epinesa, Leonard Floyd's having a tremendous year, nine mm -hmm. and a half sacks, but they need more production from Von Miller. I would tell you this. He's, he's mentioned a few times how he has to wear the big knee brace for a whole year. That year is now like Thanksgiving week. So I wonder if he sheds it this week. And I wonder if that's more of a, even a mental thing that he feels like he can play a little bit more at his speed without having that on, but they need more production from him. So if I, if I asked you, and, and besides the obvious, which we all know how talented Josh Allen is, so I'm going to take the quarterback off the table. But if I said, what's the biggest strength of the Bills, the biggest weakness, which way are you going on each of those categories? Are we talking the entire roster? Entire or? roster, yeah. Uh, the biggest strength is defensive line that we just talked about. Even without Von Miller and his production, the Bills mm -hmm. are one of the top teams in the league at getting after the quarterback. 
Um, you know, they they have a tremendous defensive line. They have great rotation. Ed Oliver's having, to me, an all-pro year. Love Ed Oliver. Love he's, having, he's having the best year of his career. They did lose Daquan Jones, which is a huge loss. They signed Linval Joseph, who you guys know very well. Yes. Same thing happened last year when he went to Philly late in the year. He's come to Buffalo late in the year, and he's done a really good job. Uh, like I said, Leonard Floyd, nine and a half sacks. So the biggest strength of this Buffalo Bills team is its defensive line, its ability to get after the quarterback, put pressure on the quarterback. And they need that with their banged-up secondary, although I think the secondary's played well. Another guy that you know well. Russell Douglas has done a great job since coming over in the trade deadline, you know, from the Green Bay Packers. And that's that was a great pickup for the Bills. Um, Weakness-wise, um, they need more out of their wide receiver group outside of Stefan Diggs. You know, number two receiver Gabe Davis, it's number two on paper, but he's not putting up the kind of numbers of production. Now, Gabe does a lot of things really well for this team. He blocks really well. He can't, you know, he he can still put up numbers in a game. You know, you've seen some games where three catches for 80-something yards and a touchdown. Those things happen. They need more production outside of just Stefan Diggs. And, you know, we talk about Stefan Diggs. He's not getting the ball. He, he always gets the ball. He was targeted 16 times one game. I mean, I think he leads the leaguers top three in targets because they have to have him get the ball. I do want to run this one by you before we let you know, go. Now you got a show coming up. So uh, last question for me. There was rumors before the season started that the Buffalo Bills could be interested in a running back to be added to his brother's position on the Buffalo Bills. And I just never, I go, well, they got Jay, but they're not going to bring in another white to compete with his brother in the backfield. James White's had a damn good year for this team. Number James Cook. James uh, Cook. Cook. Yeah. Say? I said white. I'm thinking yeah. Davius White. My bad. Thank you no for problem. the correct. No, no problem. Cook. No problem. And, uh, I think mean, James White was a pretty good running back too, like in college. and you know, Yeah. Right. Very uh, good running back. Yeah. But he blowed too many cooks, spoiled the broth, if you can forget um, my attempt at humor. Um, how good has Cook been? The numbers say great. He's averaging more yards per carry than DeAndre Swift. I think there's two yards between them. I think Swift is like fourth in the league and, and Cook is fifth in the league. Uh, how key a part of the offense has he been for the year? And how key do you think he's going to be against the Eagles? Because the Eagles did get run on a little bit by Pacheco last week. They've been the best in, the, in football all year long. But yeah. the Chiefs did find a way to run against him. How much is Swift a part of the offense in Sunday's game? Yeah, I was a little surprised by you know some of the success that Pacheco had because you look at the the Eagles defense and they've been so good against the run this year. Um, he's a really, really important player for the Bills, and he's having a tremendous year. He's over five yards a carry. Um, that's seventh in the league right now, and I think that's now the second or third in running backs. Um, so he's having a great year, but where he might even matter more is in the passing game, Jody. I mean, this guy catches the ball. He's a he he plays like a wide receiver sometimes with the ability to catch the ball and the mismatches that you can have with James Cook. Listen. You're like me. It had nothing to do with his brother. The Bills were never going to add a player like that to their running back rosters <laughs> trying to compete. I don't know why. There's death taxes and people thinking the Bills are interested in a running back, whether it's the draft <laughs> or free agency. That's just the way of life sometimes. I have no idea. Now, they did add Leonard Fournette a few weeks ago. He's on their practice squad, and people are wondering when he's going to get an opportunity you know, to be elevated, but that's going to be more for specialty situations. They have Latavius Murray and then Ty Johnson last week broke out a little bit. I think um, that's a guy you have to watch out for too in the passing game. But to answer your question about James Cook, he's having a tremendous year, but it gets overshadowed yep. because of Josh Allen and, you know, the rest of the offense and the way they operate. But um, he did have two fumbles last week. The other one was more of an exchange with him and Josh. That's something that he's got to clean up. Sean McDermott, he doesn't tolerate that, especially from young players. He fumbles the first play of the game. He doesn't play for about a quarter and a half, and he still has over 120 yards rushing. All right, Sal, we're going to let you run because we know you got your show to uh, uh, do quickly, though. Yeah. 
prior to bringing you on, I said you're the Howard Eskin of uh, the oh. Buffalo Bills. Uh, don't know <laughs> well, how well you know Howard no. or uh, if you got a relationship with Howard. Do you take offense to that statement or do you take pride in that statement if I compare you to Howard Eskin? I love it. I've met Howard a few times. He's been on my radio show. So you have a um, fur coat, though, Sal. You're in Buffalo. I do not so own a fur coat. If I did that, people would think I'm trying to be like Van Miller, yeah. and we can't do that. Van Miller's a yeah. legend, play-by-play guy. And, you know, he passed away several years ago, but Van was known to be the fur coat guy on the radio broadcast, so I can't All do right. that. Uh, but Howard is a great, great uh, human being. I think, you know, um, he's just a wealth of knowledge. I've loved having him. Our PR director here with the Buffalo Bills that we Derek deal with. Derek yeah, Oiko. Derek, Derek was Derek. in Philly for many yeah. years. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know Derek has a great relationship with Howard. And, um, you know, so he speaks he's so highly one. of him. I'm yeah, joking. he's the one. That I'm kinda, joking, uh, Howard. No, no, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. And um, I do. I, I love Howard. Uh, he does a great job. And we, we've shared some great stories from the, uh, from the sidelines. Feel At Sal Sports, I want to mention. So get your Bills intel from Sal on X, Twitter, whatever you like to call it these days. And thanks, Sal. Thanks for stopping by. Give us dropping knowledge on a very good football team that uh, I think people don't realize they're still really, really talented, which I mentioned they are. earlier. They, the they are. So, so, so are the Philadelphia Eagles. By the way, uh, shout out. so, um, you know, big tie-in here, Nick Sirianni from Buffalo, from Jamestown. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, his family. I'm, I'm friends with the family, Jay Sirianni and their brother, their, I'm sorry, their dad, life, uh, life, legendary football people here in Western New York. So it's just nice to see from our vantage point here in Buffalo, we root for local people and, you know, nice to see Nick and his success and it's great. And his brother Jay is a great friend of mine. So it's really cool. But this week, not this week. He's he's out this week, but we'll root for you afterwards, Coach. Uh, uh, Sal, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. Thank you very much. Have a good show today. Enjoy yourself down on the field on Sunday. All right, you got it, guys. Thank you very much. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Same to you. Sal Capaccio, sideline reporter and host for WGR, the Bills Radio Network up there in northern, western New York. Yeah, uh, Sirianni. They love Sirianni. Not surprised I love Sirianni. He's a Western New York yeah. kind of guy. Not this week. He's not. He's a Eastern Pennsylvania guy. No, he's a Philly guy now. Nick's a Philly guy now. Yeah, Philly he, guy that likes. He likes to make reference and... to his uh, no, his he's, former uh, oh, life yeah. in New York. Oh yeah, he always talks about uh, his brothers and Jamestown. Yeah, big part of his uh, big part of his story. All right, uh, let's take a quickie timeout. We still got plenty to do here on Birds 365. We thank Sal Capaccio for hopping on with us, giving us a little Bills perspective. Johnny Mack and I will come back and talk some Bills Eagles next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Got your Mac and Mac guys. John McMullen, Jerry McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Thanks, Al Capaccio, for hopping on. Um, I had him on last year during the Bill season. I'd never talked to him before, and someone suggested we get him on. He was good to do Bills. And, man, he was really good. Uh, so I've certainly had him on my CBS show again uh, <clears throat> this year. And uh, when the Bills popped up on the schedule, I said, let me see if we get Sal on. Good dude. But I will say this. I'm going to ruin my relationship with Sal here. Glass half full guy. Oh, maybe a that gla- more than glass, glass, very full guy. Sal, no, Sal's very good, but uh, oh, come on. I mean, anytime you fire your offensive coordinator, it ain't a good thing. It ain't, it ain't a good thing. There's no way to spin that as a good thing. Um, I mean, Stephon Diggs' reputation, that's that's not uh, that's not in debate. I mean, and, and by the way, I know Stephon a little bit. He's right. He's very competitive. He's very uh, – tends to get very upset when you lose, but they've lost more that than Sounds kind of like a receiver we know here in Philadelphia, does he not, yeah. John? Uh, not – well, more so. I mean, he forced himself – he already – forced himself out of one situation. Um, if the Bills don't make the playoffs this season, I guarantee he tries to force himself out of another situation. Um, I'm not going down that route with AJ. Um, uh, yeah, just, Stephon's... We're not, we're not debating on whether AJ, uh, excuse me, the Eagles will make the playoffs or not. 
No. Well, Stepan, Stepan's a diva. I mean, that's fair to say. I, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot well, of wide not, receivers. You not say AJ's a diva. A little bit, yeah. A yeah. little bit. Um, most 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 star wide receivers are. You're hitting on about of a ninety percent number if you're talking about superstar wide receivers. Up well, with there's a AJ Brown and uh, there, there there are levels that all receivers want the football. For instance, there are levels. Are you going to try to force yourself out right. of situations? Would you, call, would you call Devontae Smith a diva? No. No. So no. the the right the, you yeah you're trying to put in levels. I'm trying to draw a line. You are or you aren't. For me, AJ Brown is. Uh, Stephon Diggs is. Devontae Smith isn't. There there are some that are and some that aren't. Uh, and I would put uh, Diggs and and AJ Brown and the yes they are. But you deal with it because you want a superstar wide receiver. And as far if, if there were yeah. if there were only a, like a couple of them in the whole league, I go. Ooh, and you got to deal with that. No, there's a ton of them in the wide in the league. There's a handful, more than a handful of them in the league that are diva wide receivers. No, I agree. But Stepan will try to force himself out of a situation, and there are certain guys that won't. Um, certain guys that will. He's he's at the higher level. If I'm, you know, and you're just yeah. saying one or the other, but he's a higher level is how I would describe it. And oh. right, there's there's how far you'll take it, and then there's what's done behind closed doors. Do you not believe that the Titans were willing to trade AJ Brown because he had already let them know that if you're not talking about making me one of the pay, highest paid wide receivers, well, I'm no, his 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 was all contract, and there's no. I, I never begrudge a player for wanting their money. It's more than that with with step on. Um, that Tennessee didn't want to pay AJ Brown. That's what it comes down to. Um, and they made a mistake and the GM lost his job because of it, to be honest. Um, they didn't want to pay him. Yeah. So it was completely about money and ultimately it'll be completely about money here when it's time to be about money, but he got his deal. And when it's time to get another deal, I assume AJ will have the same approach. Um, but I mean, again, we we've already seen Stepan have tremendous success in in Minnesota, uh, become one of the top receivers in football, and force himself out because. And remember, you know, you're talking about a high volume throwing offense that I would always talk about with Kirk Cousins. So he was getting the football a lot, but they also had Adam Thielen at the time, who was also really good getting the football more and he didn't like it and he forced himself out. Um, now we're in Buffalo and one times are good. He's good. And one times are not good. He's not good. Um, I think that's fair to say is all I'm saying. And then with the McDermott part is, I mean, and, and Sal brought up the 13 seconds. Look, I'm never getting over that. If I'm a Buffalo fan, that is some of the worst game management I've ever seen. I've ever seen to lose that game. So to broach the subject that maybe the end of the, the shelf life, everybody's got a shelf life. Andy Reid's got a shelf life. We're seeing the end of Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's got a shelf life. So, yeah, Sean McDermott's got a shelf life. And when you're firing offensive coordinators in season, that's an indication to me that he knows he's got a shelf life and he's got to turn things around. But I'm I'm on the outside. Sal's on the inside. 
Right. But and sometimes you get a better look uh, from the inside and sometimes you get a clouded look from the inside. How can he not at least be on a hot seat? I'm not talking about burning. I'm not talking about eminent. But when you're six and five with the talent that they have and the previous, yes, successes during the regular season, but then the inability to get to a Super Bowl, you just look at the big body of work and where they are today. I'm sorry, you can't. I can't look at that and go, well, but the owner really likes him as a person, so he doesn't have to worry about his job. Yeah, he does. Uh, if he you should. Don't... You know, I used to have the same mentality because he's right. Sal's right about, you know, 17 years without the playoffs, whatever it was in Buffalo. And Sean's been a very good head coach. Uh, it, easily, you can say that. And he's turned that entire franchise around. I used to say the same thing about Marvin Lewis with Cincinnati. You know, he made the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs forever. And then he made the playoffs for six straight years, but couldn't win a damn playoff game. Eventually, it ends. Was he much better than previous? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. But the expectation level changes quickly. And Buffalo has this huge expectation level. Yeah, I'm not. And look, anytime you fire a coordinator, it's not good. It's not good. I don't think we need to look past our own uh, city limits. Andy Reid had a shelf life. Andy Reid took the Philadelphia Eagles to heights they had never seen before. He didn't finish the deal. He didn't throw the final punch. But going to a championship game four years in a row, going to a Super Bowl, uh, no, no Eagle coach had ever done that before. And I think he needed to be acknowledged for that and given credit for it. Most did. Some didn't. Then he went. He went. One one with Kansas City, which takes people off, uh, but he didn't beat the Eagles this past week. Um, yeah, and he got fired, and he deserved to get fired. It was time to move on when the Eagles moved on from Andy Reid, because to use your word, every coach has a shelf life, and I think McDermott's shelf life is starting to tick. I'm not saying it's going to go boom. We got to let the season play itself out. They're not firing him in season, but uh, to think that. He, just because he signed a contract extension, they pay off coaches all the time in the NFL. This isn't a under the cap can have an adverse effect on the team. No, it's the, the owner losing money. Oh, my God. NFL owners lose money. How can they put up with it? They only make billions every single year. So, yeah, I think Terry Pagula will get past the fact that he's got to pay off McDermott's contract if they go there. Um but I think it's going to be a competitive game coming in here on uh, Sunday, Johnny Mac. Um, Damo came on and said the Eagles are definitely in the 30s, that the offense is going to kick in this week, that this will be a big offensive week for them after they had a good, a good second half offensively against the Chiefs. Not all of a lot in the first half. Bills, a good defensive team in putting pressure on the quarterback, and Jalen was sacked five times. Is that not a legit concern coming into this week that the Buffalo <clears throat> defensive line is going to get after the Eagle quarterback? Um, I I think <clears throat> they're very good. I, I'm never too concerned. Look, Jalen's going to look to extend plays. So Jalen's a quarterback that will take a sack occasionally, and that's sort of baked into it But uh, because he wants to extend plays. But, yeah, I mean, you look at their pressure numbers. Ed Oliver, we both talked about Sal and I, great player, 39 pressures from the interior. Uh, they have Floyd, uh, 29. Greg Rousseau's got 31. A.J. Epinesa's got 27. 
So they and they got a bunch of guys that can come at the quarterback. And yeah, I think they're probably going to get a, a, a few sacks. Hopefully not by, but they're 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 going to get after the quarterback. And Jalen, as I said, is going to give you that opportunity on occasion. So um, it's a very talented team. It still is, even though they're underachieving. And part of it is the injuries on defense. You can imagine what they'd be if Milano was still there as a very good linebacker and uh, Tredavious White, who's a very good corner. And as Sal mentioned, Daquan Jones is, is would add to the mix in the interior with Ed Oliver. They might have the best interior football if those two guys were out there. So, And we haven't even mentioned Von Miller or – or Linball Joseph, who's now out there. So, um, yeah, they're. I think they're more talented than people realize because the record hasn't been there that is typically there. Um, as and I asked Sal specifically about it. Von Miller just isn't what he used to be, and I see. I didn't know. That's why we have guys on from the other team to tell stuff like that because we certainly were going through the same thing here in Philadelphia. When Jalen took the sleeve off his knee, oh, he doesn't have the sleeve. Oh, he's going to be great. He doesn't have this. He's better. He didn't look like the Jalen Hurts of last year to me running the football. He went in untouched from 10 yards out. But again, he's still uh, going to slides. He's still protecting himself, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying the Eagle offense isn't the same that it was last year. But uh, we did make a big deal about whether Jalen was or wasn't wearing a brace, whether he was or wasn't wearing a sleeve. If Von Miller takes the big knee brace off that he's been wearing for a year, and it was a year when he hurt himself last year, maybe he's a different player. But I'll tell you this, he's been nothing. He has not been a contributor for the Buffalo Bills this year. He's a big name, Super Bowl MVP, but he has not been a – uh, major well, well, the same club. thing it happens with players. Every, everybody's got a shelf life, and you know, Bond is thirty-five. I'm going to guess. Um, I'm trying to look it up really quick. Thirty-four. So, I mean, yeah. Um, the, the, I always show you know with big names, especially when it comes to the big name trap. We're, we're talking about it now with Shaq uh, Leonard. You know, he was a great player. Not a great player now. Yeah. He was a great player. Um, same thing with Von Miller. He was one of the best pass rushers ever, but he's not that player anymore. It happens to everybody. Um, and they're not in the stasis because they were once a great player. Um, and the same thing with Shaq Leonard, and that's the key for – the Eagles, they got to figure out how much he's got left, if he's got anything left, because the guy who was playing in Indianapolis this year was not the guy who was once one of the best linebackers in football when Nick Sirianni was there, ironically. So, um, yeah, um, it, it, time moves quickly in this league, to say the least. All right, Chatty Mac. Uh, last week, I got to give you props of everybody who made picks. You did. Carullo made a pick. Damo made a pick. We got a bunch of people on the record to pick the game ahead of time. You came closer than anybody else. Uh, I, at least I thought it was going to be a higher scoring game than it turned out to be on Monday night. Uh, so I was wrong on the under, over, and the winner. So you don't want to hear what I have to say. I'm going to tell you anyway. But the, if we're just doing by last week's results, Johnny Mack was the most accurate. I was probably the most inaccurate. How do you think this game plays out on Sunday? 
I think it is uh, going to be high scoring. I agree with Damo on that. Uh, Josh Allen's just difficult to deal with. He's going to make some big plays. Hopefully he can get some turnovers that kind of mitigate it. Um, you know, he's he's reckless at times. I think that's fair uh, to say. I think that's another thing that you know, Sal kind of glossed over a little bit too easily. Um, but extremely talented, extremely talented. I can't say enough about him from a arm perspective, from a athleticism perspective. So they're going to score some points. The Eagles are going to score some points. Top to pick against the Eagles. I, I think I was just looking at it. Jalen Hurts is um, 13 straight games. He's won as a starting quarterback versus teams with winning records, obviously not including the playoffs. Uh, longest streak in the NFL since 1950, Jody. 1950. Um, I see no reason it doesn't continue at home, um, but I think it's going to be 3327 ish Eagles. All right. I'm going to give a uh, hold on. I got to write this down. Damo said 3020. Johnny Mac says, what's your final score? 3327. 3327. All right. I'm going to go with an Avant type score. Um, I think there'll be some attempted two point conversions here because in the second half, uh, get yourself up by an extra possession if you can make the two point conversion. Get it closer if you miss. If you get the two point conversion and the like, I'm going Philadelphia Eagles twenty nine, Buffalo Bills twenty five. All right, so we're all pretty high scoring. Never get, but they'll try and get to. Well, no, if I'm doing the math right, make it twenty four. Uh, 29, 24, but the 24 will be because they didn't convert on a two point conversion. They're going to try and cut it to three late bill score last can cut it to three. If they get the two point conversion. So then a field goal, uh, could actually get the game tied and head into overtime. They do not. Both teams have trouble converting, even though they got great quarterbacks who can make plays with their legs. They'll both be thwarted on attempted two point conversion in the second half. So I go uh, 29-25 Eagles. Johnny Mack goes 33-27 Eagles. Paul Domwich goes 30-20 Philadelphia Eagles. So across the board, we got the Eagles winning. Uh, Johnny Mack, uh, you got the trip over to South Philly today? Uh, Yeah. Got a jet over there as soon as I'm done here. So uh, uh, weird week, Thanksgiving week around the NFL, but uh, back to normal. Goes the clock off on everybody. Uh, Coordinators today or just Sirianni? Um, Sirianni and Brian Johnson. Sean Desai talked earlier in the week, so they kind of split it up because of the weird week. Well, tell the coach, will someone ask him about upstate New York? Or is it just you got to stay focused? You got to listen to the coaches, stay focused on the team, or is somebody actually going to go, yeah, you were a Bills fan growing up, right, coach? And you deny it, of course, but uh, will someone yeah. ask the question? Uh, maybe. Um, uh, probably a TV question. Uh, you, know, you know what might stem it? He, he got the questions in Kansas City because he started his yeah. uh, career. He met his wife there. Um, so – you know, back to back. I, I don't know. Somebody might ask, but uh, who cares? Well, he's going to say the same thing. 
if if it but if it motivates you, use it. If it doesn't, you know, block it out. Here's the real question. Um, because we give the Eagle fan base a ton of credit as they've earned for being one of the best traveling groups in the entire National Football League. Um, not as big a presence in Kansas City this past week because, like you like to say, the home team doesn't let you in. You can't get in. They're yeah. very good at keeping their tickets in Kansas City. We're very good at keeping our tickets here in Philadelphia. But much like the Eagle fan base, the Bills Mafia gets oh, out yeah. on the road. They like yeah. showing up. They like going on the road. Will Nick Sirianni reference and or even go over to the fans after the game and have a statement for Bills Mafia after the Eagles beat the Bills on Sunday? Uh, he might yell at them after the Eagles win. Uh, you saw the viral videos. I oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Nick. Well, well, you have no idea. You should have been in the building. There was far more going on inside uh, off camera uh, with our buddy uh, Elliot Shore Parks, um, because Elliot uh, picked the the Chiefs to Chiefs, win yeah. because um, they have the better coach and the better quarterback. Uh, that the head coach of this team who claims he doesn't listen to anything, but remember, and that's your station as well. That's the oh, flagship yeah. station of the Eagles. So Nick has to appear on it contractually. Um, he heard that and he was not happy about it. And I said, what about all us that picked you to win? He doesn't listen to that. Oh, man, you know, he listens to that. Right so if you, if, if, if it motivates you, use it. And he used it, and, and the Eagles won the game. And uh, I I would more give Elliott credit for making that pick, not being just a blatant homer. Um, now, you're wrong, and you got to eat no, it when I, you're wrong. I picked him to I, win, but I'm not a homer. I got to eat it when, when – well, but Elliott has some of those tendencies. Yes, um, he does. But he didn't, so he flew in the face of what usually is Elliott's modus operandi, so I'll actually give him more credit for it than – giving him a hard time for it, but you're right. If Sirianni finds a way to turn it into a motivating factor, more power to him and more power to his team. All right, uh, the Mac and Mac guys will be back here Monday. Damo, McMullen, McDonald all have the Eagles winning. Uh, fairly uh, entertaining, high-scoring game, but the Birds getting to 10-1. and one. We'll be back here on Birds 365 to talk about 49er week come Monday here on Birds 365 and 2-2. Two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.